Hey everybody, welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today you're listening to episode 169 and I'm talking with Colleen Quigley. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Jaybird Sport, my new favorite wireless headphones, you guys. The Run XT is here. It's updated and it is awesome. They've updated this version of the wireless headphones and it's sweatproof, it's waterproof, and it's awesome. The sound quality is amazing. And here's the deal. You guys can get 20% off your order. If you go to jaybirdsport.com and use the code ANOTHER through March 31st, you can get 20% off. Use the code ANOTHER. That's jaybirdsport.com. Use the code ANOTHER to get 20% off your order through March 31st, 2019. Thank you, Jaybird Sport, for supporting this episode of the podcast. All right, everybody, Colleen Quigley is on the show today, and I'm really excited to have her back on. She is a returning guest. She's been on my show twice already, once in episode 50 with her teammates at the Bowerman Track Club, Shelby Houlihan and Courtney Freyricks. So that was episode 50, and then she came back on a year ago, and that was episode 103. Make sure you guys go back and listen to those episodes first and get to know her a little bit before you hear about what she's up to now in this episode. Colleen runs for Nike with the Bowerman Track Club. She's an Olympian. She ran in the 2016 Olympics in Rio in the steeplechase. She's a model. She's an FSU grad and she's an entrepreneur, but she is the first to tell you that her true passion is running and that is what her heart is all about right now. She just won her first national title, by the way, which is why I'm having her on the show. I should have mentioned that first. She just won the mile in the 2019 USATF Indoor Championships beating her teammate and friend and reigning champion Shelby Houlihan. So this is a really big deal for her coming off a year of on and off injuries. Before we get started talking with her, I want to let you know I have a Patreon page where I give bonus episodes and content. I record episodes with returning guests, regular episodes with my husband, Glenn, and every once in a while, I keep a guest on the line for an extra 15 minutes and we have bonus content from them. Most recently, we have 16 minutes extra with Shalane Flanagan from my episode with her. But we also have episodes on there with Mario Fraioli, Christy Beth Adams. I just recorded this with her. She was my second guest ever on the show and she lives in Nashville. She owns three fleet feats. She's a leader, a true leader in the sport of running for women. And she's amazing. I just recorded this episode last week and got it out like two days later. And she, it's one of my favorite Patreon episodes ever. She's just, she's funny. She's kind. She's smart and very engaging. If you guys support the show over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine, you can get access to all kinds of bonus episodes. And thank you so much, everybody who's already doing so. We have a couple new Patreon supporters. Well, we have a good handful, actually. Uh, Thank you to Chelsea Smith, Abby Tate, Masha, Caitlin Aubin, Caitlin Edwards, Stephanie Foster, Brenna Donahue, Katie Delaney, Shannon Pipes, Allison Kern, Jenny Hewitt, Linda Pitzer, Kristen Derrick. Thank you guys and so many other people who are already supporting over there on Patreon. I appreciate each and every one of you. It means the world to me that you are getting behind this show. And when you support the show on Patreon, you're supporting my work that goes behind getting these episodes out to your ears every single Friday. So thank you guys so much. All right, guys, please enjoy my conversation with Colleen Quigley. Colleen Quigley, I think you, this is your third time on the show. Welcome to I'll Have Another Colleen. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. I mean, you just won a national title, so I have to have you on. I was so excited for you. Yeah, first one. Woohoo! Okay, so since we last talked, though, I feel like in our last episode, so for those of you listening, um, if you have not heard my conversations with Colleen, she's been on twice. She was on once with her teammates, Shelby Houlihan and Courtney Freyricks, and then she had her own episode Gosh, somewhere in the hundreds, maybe. I mean, it's it's been a <laughs> bit, but 
Um, I think we had a pretty good long chat. Uh, so go back and listen to that first to hear more of her story. But today we're going to talk about what's going on uh, in the here and now. So Colleen, uh, when we last talked, you were like overcoming injury and stuff. You were in the pool a lot and you came back and won this national title. So talk to us about what's been going on leading up to that. Yeah. Gosh, I am trying to remember kind of where I was in my life and in the world at that time, but I've suffered quite a few injuries now since I graduated college in 2015. Um, My latest one was this past summer in June of 2018. I was at altitude camp with my team, the Bowerman Track Club, and we were in Mammoth doing some hard training at, at high altitude, and I ended up with a stress reaction in my foot um, that kept me out for a little while and had to, you know, back in the pool, doing more mating like I know so well, um, and then ended up getting healthy and having a good um, second half of the summer, um, still PR'd in the 1500 and the um, was second at Fifth Ave at the end of the summer, so kind of came on strong in the second half. Um, and then this winter, uh, had a good fall and good winter of training and then actually ended up with the same injury in January in my other foot, uh, when I was training this, this past January. So leading up to my indoor season wasn't perfect. I had to kind of back off of training and I, I, you know, got back in the pool for a little bit, um, but was able to recover pretty quickly and then competed this winter at Milrose, the Milrose Games in New York in February. And then two weeks later, went back to New York to Staten Island, and I was able to compete in the mile and win my first national title in the mile at um, U.S. National, the U.S. National Championships, which were on Staten Island this year. So yeah, it's kind of been crazy, but that's where I'm at now. That's, that is so awesome. And I honestly, I just looked back February 8th, 2018 is when we last talked. So it's been over a year. Just about a year now. Yeah. I, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking it was like eight months ago or I don't know. I didn't realize it was a full year. Time flies for sure. So, okay. What were you thinking going into the mile uh, this last, when you won the the title this last weekend? Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, the last two years, um, I have finished second to my teammate, Shelby Houlihan, who she's an American record holder in the 5K. She has won two Diamond Leagues this past summer in the 1500. She was second. um, There was no Worlds this year, but there was like the Continental Cup is kind of like the same thing or similar idea. Um, and she was second there, second at the Diamond League final. The girl has wheels. She's really fast. She has broken four minutes in the 1500. She's won the mile two years in a row. She's won nine national titles. Wow. Um, yeah, Shelby Houlihan, people. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's amazing. I, you know, I train with her every day. No, she's fast. Uh, everyone knows she's fast. So basically going into the race, my coach, Jerry Schumacher, sits down with all of us. There was three barman babes in the race, by the way. It was me, Shelby, and Kate Grace. Um, we're all competing, you know, for the win. I see Kate the- in the picture now. I'm yeah. looking at your picture. I, I do see her back there now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she didn't, Kate didn't have a great day. She's, you know, had some other stuff going on. Um, but she, in her own right, is an amazing athlete as well and is – you know, comes from an 800 background. So has some great wheels and, you know, in a championship race when it's two laps of, or four laps in the indoor track of jogging and then a fast, you know, last like 600 that that plays to an 800, um, athletes strengths for sure. So I knew, I knew, knew they were both going to be really hard to beat. Um, and basically what Jerry told me before the race was, you know, you have good speed too. Don't sell yourself short. You have good speed too, but, um, you don't want to be in a position with, you know, 400 to go or 200 to go or, you know, hundred meters to go where you're, you have to go around either Shelby or Kate and be you know, run faster than them and run more distance than them. Um, at the end when they're at their top speed, you know, you don't, you want to let them get the jump on you. It's going to be really hard to make that up, especially on an indoor track. It's much more tactical 
the turns are sharp and everything. So anyway, he was just saying like, keep them behind you and make them run around you, make mm. them run extra to go around you. It's, and it's going to be hard if you're at your top speed and they're at their top speed, you know, make them run extra and it'll be harder for them to catch you. So that was my tactic going in was to not to try and let them get so far ahead and then catch up, but get as far ahead as I can and make them catch up to me. And so with about a little less than 600 to go, I, I took the lead and I just started to slowly kind of drop the pace and ended up running a 60.09 last 400. And I think Shelby ran a 61.1 last 400. So I definitely um, put some, I put some space on, on her in that last 600. And then she wasn't able to catch me in the last four. So the plan worked. Um, it was a good plan, I think by my coach. And, you know, I was just able to, I felt really good and was able to get myself in the right headspace where I took that kind of leap of faith and trusted myself that I was, I have a good kick and I should go for it and go now and don't look back. And I have no regrets about that. Even if she came around me in the last 50, I was waiting for her to, and she never did. But even if she had, I felt like I had given it my absolute best effort and given myself the chance to do it. And if it still came down to her having a faster kick than me, then so be it. At least I put myself out there and I gave it my best shot. And so I was going to have, you know, no regrets about how, I ran that race, which I felt really good about. Okay. Here's what I'm wondering. And I'm sure other people are wondering this too. Then, um, <laughs> Jerry gives you that guidance. What's Jerry <laughs> yeah. telling Shelby then? Cause obviously he ha he's coaching both of you, you know, and Kate. Such a common question. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, he talks to all three of us together at first and then we talk separately and you know, I'm sure he's, he's telling me how to beat Shelby and Kate and he's telling Kate how to beat. <laughs> Shelby and me and he's telling Shelby how to beat me and Kate. So it's, it's like, crazy. it's hard, but he's coaching 12 elite level, some of the best distance runners in the country. Um, there's 12 of us now. So we're like, we're bound to have to race against each other. He had five girls racing, um, cross country nationals against each other earlier this winter in February, uh, in Tallahassee. So, you know, he had to have that discussion with five different athletes for that race. Yeah. <laughs> It's tricky, but he knows all of us as individual athletes. And he, you know, he knows that even though we are teammates, when it comes to standing on the start line next to each other, we are competitors and we want, he wants each one of us to get the most out of ourselves as individuals as well. And then that makes us look better as a team. Um, also. Well, I, it seems like you really kind of said like, don't count me out. Like, look what I just did. And <laughs> I, I mean, because when you're injured, people are like, oh, she's injured. And then it's like, well, you really come back fierce. Now, yeah. I, when you're towing that line, you know, Shelby's had like such a crazy progression and like crazy couple years. Mm -hmm. Is Shelby the one to beat? I mean, truly, when you're standing there, are you like, that's, oh, yeah. that's who I have to, that's the one to beat? Yeah. I mean, she's beat me the last two years. I finished second to her at Indoor Nationals in the mile. Um She's, you know, she was the reigning champion. She was for sure the one to beat, but I also could kind of smell blood because I had been training this winter, you know, I had been injured, um, and was able to do a lot of the workouts, but I wasn't able to wear spikes for about a month. Um, so I was just training in like training shoes and like flats. Um, so it wasn't perfect. Like my buildup wasn't perfect, but I also knew that Shelby had been mostly in the month of January had been training for a 10 K. Mm. So, you know, I was kind of hoping that maybe her speed while is always in her and she's always fast, maybe wasn't super duper sharp. Um, and you know, the week before she had been doing mile workouts with, with Kate and I, and she looked fine and she's always, you know, she's super strong. Um, but I had also been coming off altitude and, uh, um, able to finally put my spikes on the week before and, USA's, um, was feeling really good. And so I just was able to take some confidence in I'm feeling really good. And I know when I'm feeling really good, I am fast. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's fast too, but if I'm, if I have a chance to beat her, it might be now. And you just never know when the opportunity is going to come next, next year at this time I might be injured or, you know, whatever. So I just wanted to make sure that if I'm feeling good and I'm feeling healthy and you know, the opportunity is there, I want to seize the day.
I love that you say that. Like when I'm feeling good and I'm prepared, I'm really fast. Like you just own that. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Yeah, uh, I've, I've been able to, I mean, I'm a steeplechaser, but I've, you know, I made the world team in the 1500 last year for team USA. It's and big so deal. I'm, yeah. I'm really proud of that and being able to do two different events. Um, and sh- you know, show up against the best 1500 meter runners in the country and hold my own. That's kind of like, I love that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So talk about that though, because is, is the 1500 or, or the mile or, you know, any of these shorter distances, yeah. are they going to win your heart over steeple? Or are you like steeple through and through? I mean, I love the steeple chase. I also love the mile. I mean, or the 1500, whatever. I love the speed and just the craziness of it and how tactical it can be. And, um, you know, just, it feels so fast, but it also feels like it's like four long laps. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, I still just there's something special about steeplechase, and I I do really have some um, goals in the steeplechase that I haven't met yet. You know, I'm 10 seconds away now from the nine minute mark in the steeple. This past year, even after injury, even after struggling with an injury, I ran nine ten in in Berlin. Um, against no one. I, I had to run the last K solo. Um, so I know, you know, I know I have more in me as far as like time and potential in the steeple. Um, and I know there's just, there's people that I want to beat in the steeple and, you know, goals that I haven't met in that event yet. So I'm definitely not like, Oh, I'm done with the steeplechase, but I do love that I can do multiple things. And, you know, Shalane told me this, uh, just a couple weeks ago, I ran, when I ran at Milrose, it's a mile, but they take your split at 1500 and it's an official time at 1500. And I ran in that race at the 1500 mark, I ran the world standard for wow. 1500. And so Shalane, Shalane said, you know, that's really good that you got that and that they got it as an official time because you never know it's a world's year and, and you never know, maybe Something comes up this summer and you can't hurdle because you have some kind of injury. You can't hurdle, but we think you can run the 15. You already have the standard and you can go to USA as in the 1500 as a backup plan, you know, for these people. And she's so right because you never know what could happen. And it's good to have the standard in multiple events and just, you know, give yourself options. Would you ever consider, I mean, I don't even know if you, if this is like a something you can do <laughs> when you're a steeple chaser, as far as like how much your body can actually handle, but like, would you ever consider doing more than just the steeple oh. at the trials? Oh God, I would love to. I'd love to do the 1500 in the steeple. The problem is you have to do rounds in both. Mm-hmm. So it's really impossible. If I, if I could do the steeplechase first, like prelims and finals, and then go back and do like, you know, have like a day off and then do rounds of the 1500, then have a day off, then round, you know, final of the 1500, then I, you know, I'd be tempted to do it. But even then that's so much racing, so many laps. Um, it would be pretty, pretty brutal. I think, I think my first priority would be to do pick one and just do it really well. Yeah. You know, rather than trying to spread myself too thin and do both mediocrely or like fairly well, I'd rather do one really well. Cause so it probably boils down to like what you think you have the better chance at actually meddling in if you make it to the Olympics. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. We're not even talking about, you know, can you do it at the trials? Okay. Maybe you can, but is that really the best use of your talents and abilities when you get to the Olympics? And mm-hmm. if you're getting to the point where you're like, I'm trying to win a medal at the Olympics. Well, is doing two events giving, give me a better shot mm-hmm. of medal at the Olympics? Probably not. So, you know, I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket and just try and get on the podium in my best events. That's awesome. Okay, Colleen, what are you doing next? Like, what do you, I know you said you got back and you were a little bit sick and what's going on in the next few weeks? Yeah, we take a little lull here, kind of just a dip. Um, World champs this summer is not until the end of September, which is very, very late, but it's in Doha, Qatar, which is very, very hot. So they have decided to postpone the events from usually it's around August and now it's going to be the last weekend last week of September and first week of October. Um, so it's going to be a long season and that just kind of changes how the whole year plays out. You don't want to get amped up 
and get things rolling too early here and then end up fizzling out, you know, by the time world champs comes around. So I think we're going to take our time in March and just kind of get back into the groove of training here and put in some miles, like back to kind of like that fall base training um, kind of mentality where you're kind of grinding out longer workouts, more strength oriented. Um, we're not really spiking up and hitting the track for some speed work um, for quite some time now. We're just going to kind of um, go back into the slow cooker for a little while, I think. And then um, I'm planning on doing the Prefontaine Classic uh, is going to be held. It's not in Eugene this year, as it always is. It's going to be at Stanford this year because the Eugene track is under construction. And that'll be June 30th, and they are having a women's steeple, Diamond League women's steeple, for the first time ever at the pre-classic. So Courtney and I are going to compete at that, and we're really excited. Ooh, that is exciting. Yeah. I'm So why do I, I only know steeplechasers, you, Courtney, and Emma? Like, I don't know the other <laughs> steeplechasers. Well, to be honest, like, that's on the American, like, in the American field, we are really the only ones that stand out. Um, for a while there, there was a kind of a cluster of us. Um, and it's really fizzled in the past few years. Emma, Courtney and I are the only ones that make the team. Mm. Um, and there's kind of a drop off into like the next person, um, at the, at USA's in 2017, it just felt like, I don't know, it's not as exciting going into USA's when you're like guaranteed a spot on the team as long as you don't have a horrible day. Like Mm -hmm. you can show up and have like a pretty good race and you're going to make the team. I don't know for me, I mean, it's kind of nice, but for me, it's kind of anticlimactic. Mm -hmm. You're like, I want to fight hard and I want to prove myself and I want to earn that spot and like have to work for it. I get more amped up for that. I get more nervous for it, but I also get more amped up for that competition. Um, So I'm hoping this year, maybe some other people kind of hop on the scene and, and give us, us three a run for our money. Um, But we'll see. Allie Ostrander is a collegiate athlete who has shown some potential. So I think she'll probably be in the mix. Um, and there's some other girls too, who have been on the scene for a little while, but have been injured or, um, had an off year or so. So, you know, they'll be back and, um, back in the game this, this summer. So we'll see some more faith. And interestingly enough, we get to take four steeplechasers from team USA to worlds this year because Emma won world championships last year in London in 2017 I mean in London was the last world champ so she gets an auto bid to world so we get to send Emma plus three other women which is kind of cool it's a rule um the IAAF has this rule that if you're the returning champion you get an auto bid so yeah that'll be the first time that we've ever won (laughs) so USA has never won world champs in the steeple before so to be the first time we get to send four women from Team USA in the steeplechase. That's really exciting for whoever the fourth, you know, yeah. the contender for that fourth spot is. Like trying to, whoever Ooh. it is coming up, trying to kind of get in with you guys and compete yeah. with the best. Absolutely. And it's really, as far as I'm concerned, um, it's really open. You know, there's no person who I feel has a shoe in for that spot. So that'll be kind of interesting to see who it ends up being. Oh, that's exciting. How do you, how do we like, and not we, but you guys and just the running, (laughs) the running world of track and field, like how do we get more younger athletes like excited and amped up to participate in the steeple? Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. We saw a bunch of people doing it. Like when Courtney and I were kind of coming through college, it was a really exciting time where it seemed like a bunch of girls were coming up in the sport and, you know, more and more women were trying the steeple and it was, you know, we're getting faster every year. And Courtney set the NCAA record in the steeple and I I came really close the year before. And so it felt like we were on a really good momentum. Like we had some really good momentum going. Um, but it's kind of fizzled lately and I'm not sure why, um, Courtney and I have have our own theories about like maybe what's happening there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not sure there's, you know, a couple things at play. One thing that I'm trying to do is, um, I really enjoy reaching out to younger runners and making connections, whether that's, through social media or even in, in person at meets. Um, sometimes I'm able to connect with people through social media, through my fast braid Friday hashtag, um, and try and encourage young girls to try the event and show them how much fun it can be. 
um, you know, and how great the steeplechase is and how you can do the steeplechase even if, you know, even if you're really good at the 5K or the 1500 or the 3K or whatever it is, um, you don't have to do the steeplechase as a backup plan. You know, it can be your first plan um, because I am still really good at the 1500 and I could do the 1500 if I wanted to at the U.S. level, but I'm choosing the steeplechase because it's such a special event um, and it is really challenging in its own right. Um, I hope that that you know, is a good message for those who are thinking about maybe trying the steeple when they're going into college, maybe freshman year or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it is interesting. It, it's disappointing that we don't see that many younger athletes who are coming up and showing a lot of potential right now in the steeple. All right, everybody, I'm going to take a quick break. I want to let you know next Friday, March 15th, I'll be in New York City interviewing Des Linden with the New York Roadrunners. Really excited to be in town for the United Airlines New York City Half Marathon. And I can't wait to interview Des for the third time. If you're going to be in New York City, please come stop by that show. Check out my show notes, lindsayhine.com for more information to come to that event But I want to tell you guys about the New York Roadrunners virtual racing that was launched about a year ago in partnership with Strava. Make sure you're following me over there, Lindsay Hine. I swear my runs won't always be so boring on the treadmill, but right now I am doing quite a bit of treadmill running because it's cold in Indiana. And when it's cold, I like to get on the treadmill and read my Kindle while I run. You may have heard of other virtual races though, but these are totally different. The New York Roadrunners knows what they are doing. And you can participate virtually with your friends and with over 100 other countries anytime and see real-time results on Strava's leaderboard. The next virtual race is coming up. It's with the New York Roadrunners, the New York City Half, virtual 13.1 mile and 5K races taking place March 14th through the 17th and you can run these to take part in the United Airlines New York City half weekend no matter where you live or where you are at that weekend so here's the funny thing I'm going to be in New York City that Thursday Friday Saturday but I'm coming home on Saturday because I need to get back and be with my kids So I'm going to participate in the virtual race on Sunday. And I hope you guys will too. The fun thing about being a part of the virtual race is we can all sync up on Strava and see what happens. See what we all do, even if we're not live in New York City. So learn more about the virtual races and this race coming up next weekend when you go to nyrr.org slash virtual racing. All right. Thank you to the New York Roadrunners for supporting this episode of the podcast. All right, you guys enjoy the rest of my conversation with Colleen Quigley. Yeah, you do such a good job uh, cultivating your like presence on social media and reaching out to athletes and like, you know, the fast speed Friday and um, why, you know, and not all elite runners do that. Like you have the choice to do that. So why is that important to you to cultivate those relationships? Yeah. Um, you know, on Friday, so I, I competed at Indoor USA's on Saturday evening and on, fr- on Staten Island. And on Friday afternoon from 3 till 6, I hosted this really fun braid bar at a, um, an athletic store called Bandier um, on, on um, Bond Street downtown and just invited – anyone really girls women guys anybody to come out and get their hair braided we had 15 professional hairstylists there um it's just totally free just come out get your hair braided take pictures um get psyched up about the weekend if you had you know a big workout or a race or maybe um just come to meet other people or talk about goals that you have for yourself um and i was there from three till six with everyone and just you know, meeting people, hearing their stories, hearing about their goals, what they're working towards. And that really, that experience, even though it's like I'm on my feet and I'm talking and taking pictures, um, you know, I'm sure my coach was kind of like, what the hell are you doing? You <laughs> <should be resting." laughs> 
But for me, that was invigorating and gave me energy and got me really amped up about the running community and just how we can connect to one another and inspire one another and encourage one another, um, especially women. You know, I'm in this group of so many amazing women. Um, and we, oh, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Boyfriend's calling. Um, you know, we have this amazing group of women in the Bowerman Track Club. And we're so supportive of one another, but um, that's not always maybe the case um, with other, you know, with women competing against women. And so giving ourselves like an outlet to be really supportive of uh, women who are doing awesome things. Um, and that, yeah, that really inspires me. And like you said, it's, it's optional. It's not required. Um, but I think that gives me energy and that gets me psyched up. And then, you know, I go out there on Saturday to run my race with extra purpose and extra motivation and drive to do something that, you know, I know that those girls that came out on Friday were watching me on Saturday mm -hmm. and they were looking for me to, you know, be a badass on the track and, and throw down with Shelby and give her my best shot. And so when my chance came to, to do that and make a move and do something really brave in the race, um, I had extra reason to do so, not just for me and not just for my family and my coach, um, but for all those girls that I knew that were watching me. Um, and so I think in the end, even though being on my feet for three hours the day before the race <laughs> might not be the best idea, according to my coach, I think it did really give me energy and inspiration and motivation um, to run fast on Saturday. Did he say anything to you about it? I don't think that he knew. I didn't ask him. <laughs> and I was like, well, better ask for forgiveness. Uh -huh. um, I didn't ask him for permission, but um, and I don't think he's really on social media, so I don't think he really saw anything yeah, about it. <laughs> and he didn't say anything to me about it. And I won. So, so you can't, I, yeah. <laughs> he can't it, say anything after, right? <laughs> it, it served you well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love no, that you do that. That's so great. To it, but I think he... Jerry is all business and I don't mean anything about, you know, to put down anyone who no. doesn't like that by any means. If, sure. if that works for you, a lot of people, I know a lot of runners just like to go into like a training hole, you know, put their head down and just work hard and they're not looking for any glory. They're not looking for, you know, a pat on the back. They don't need any of that. It's just all about that, that internal battle with themselves and, and finding, you know, purpose in their own journey in a different way. And I totally respect that too. Um, but for me, I think it just helps, helps to know that there's other people out there who um, have their own journey that they're going on, going on and their own um, challenges that they're working through. And hopefully, you know, seeing me go through mine can help them find a way to um, do something really big and scary in their own life. Yeah, you know when I e when I emailed when I interviewed Carly <laughs> Shrey, uh, yeah. she was saying how uh, just like calm and energetic and happy you were right before the oh. I, was it the mile the Milrose Mile or something I don't Maybe, yeah I don't remember what race it was but some race she was there with you and just how like calming that is to see someone oh. competing at your level just being like all right all right let's go we're gonna go you know just like. Do you, I mean, do you feel nervous yeah. or do you just feel excited? Oh, I definitely still feel nervous. Um, I definitely do have lots of nerves before races, but I always know that I race better when I'm just, I get myself to relax somehow. And I, you know, I'm not like tense and tight and like, you know, my shoulders are up in my ears and like, I know I don't race well when I'm like that before I race. So I try and just like, sometimes that just means like smiling when I'm doing drills or mm -hmm. like, to even saying something to my teammates will help. Like, um, just like we do in a warm up for a workout, you know, we're not like stone silent when we warm up before workouts, we're chatting and, you know, whatever, telling jokes and just like goofing off. So if we keep a little bit of that lightheartedness in our warm up before a race, that just makes me feel relaxed. And, and remember that like, Oh my gosh, this is supposed to be fun. And if I'm like miserable, then what the heck am I doing? This is, you know, it's pointless. Um, so I'm trying, trying to go into the race feeling as relaxed and um, happy as, as possible. 
Um, your boyfriend just calling reminded me. Do you remember when you pranked everybody and I emailed you and I was like, congratulations, <laughs> Colleen. I felt so bad because you were so sweet about it. Like, I'm so happy for you. And I'm like, Lindsay, I'm so sorry. No. <laughs> well, and it was like actually kind of out of character for me to email you, but I think I saw the post and I was sitting at my email and I was like, Hey, Lindsay, just like send her a nice note. That would be really kind of you. Yeah, and then you're like, Oh, so by nice. the way, it was so nice. And so then I felt really bad that I had to tell you that I was lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one. Well, I mean, I was like, I wasn't, I wouldn't be, have been surprised because you guys have been together for a while, but um, yeah, it was a good one. For nine years now. Nine years? Since for seven of those nine years, he lives in San Francisco with Pi, our, our new puppy. Yeah, so um, you're still doing long distance. Still doing long distance. Pi lives in San Francisco, which makes our long distance a lot harder than it was when it was just like Kevin and I long distance. Yeah, because so you got a but, dog together, but the dog yeah. lives with him because logistically yeah. with your schedule, it makes more sense. Yeah, last year I traveled. I was away from home more than I was here. I was at home like 160 something nights last year. Um, so it's hard for, it would be impossible for yeah, me. Yeah. That'd to be have, real expensive like, to board him that much. Right. And just not fair to the animal either. So right. my boyfriend actually works from home in San Francisco. So he's home with the puppy all day and they are bonding. They're best friends and I'm not jealous at all. It's <laughs> <fine>. Totally fine. <laughs> um, she's really sweet though. She's a Bernese mountain dog. Uh, oh, she's she going to be huge. It. She's going to be massive. She made it to New York for USA. I saw that. Which was amazing. She was making so many friends at the track. Um, (laughs) It was hilarious. Everyone was like coming up to me saying, I met your dog. I was like, you did? (laughs) How'd you know it was her? And they were like, Instagram, duh. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. It was really fun. She was awesome. She's a trooper. She actually is pretty good at traveling um, for a puppy. She just kind of goes with the flow. So, yeah, she's so cute. I just, when I was just stalking through, I saw the picture of her in the city. You posted a picture of her. Do you feel like whenever people are like, oh, I know her from Instagram. I mean, you have like 125,000 Instagram followers now, which by the way is like double the amount (laughs) that you probably had last time we talked. So do you feel like, do you feel like when you meet people, oh my gosh, you know so much about me already, you know, like Um, they feel that way about you? talking about this on our run yesterday where like I had some conversations with fans over the weekend at the race where they said something about I don't know something random about my life like oh my gosh um how was like that (laughs) restaurant last night that you went to and I was like how did you know that I went there and then it's like oh yeah right I put it on my Instagram story but it is kind of weird like I put everything out there and I'm super open and like I don't know. I, I like sharing the journey with people. I think people enjoy seeing like how like normal my life is. And so they're like, Oh, she's, you know, she's going to like, I don't know, dig in. Like I love digging. Okay, cool. Like same, um, find connections that way. It's kind of funny, but then it gets kind of weird when I'm like, how do you know everything about me? I know. (laughs) (laughs) So it definitely, my, and my boyfriend hates it. He doesn't like, um, Oh, he's not a social media guy. Yeah, he's like more per- like uh, keeps things more uh, close to home and doesn't like to share as much. So he gets annoyed sometimes if I have my phone out too much. So I definitely have to to balance the two. I've been trying to be a lot better about putting my phone yeah. away, you know. But yeah. I, you know, I even feel like that sometimes too a little bit. Just when I when yeah. someone's like, "Oh, I follow you on Instagram," I'm like, "Oh, that means you know so much about me." Like, right? It's pretty crazy. Should I be embarrassed right now? Cause you've seen yeah. the good, the bad and the ugly. I don't know, but it's a great yeah. thing. It's, it's a really great connector. I think it is a good connector. And I hope that, um, you know, I hope that later on I don't look back and like, I'm embarrassed about yeah. things that I say now, but it really is, you know, it is what I'm going through. Even if it's like, Oh, like this happened, like, Oh, not great. You know, it's like, it's like, that's real life. Sometimes it's not great. And it, you know, shit happens. Um, but for the most part, I try and keep it like, you know, positive, upbeat, mm-hmm. um, and just encouraging of other people's journeys and what they're going through to, um, like be supportive. Well, I listened to you on, uh, Mario Fraioli's podcast. Oh yeah. He's so great. He's great. And I just have to compliment you because I just, I've heard you on a couple interviews and I just felt like 
you were so well-spoken and it was probably the best interview that I've ever heard you on. So it was really good. You. Thanks. I feel like over the years I've kind of been able to hone the skill a little bit. Um, plenty of practice and, you know, and thank you for giving me extra practice. Oh yeah. Maybe practice, but thanks. You know, I really enjoy it. And I think, you know, sharing, getting opportunities like this to share your story and what you're going through and the highs and the lows, this is a high, but you know, I, I talked on his, um, podcast about some of the lows too. So sharing all of that makes it kind of a, com- a complete story of, totally. Hey, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not always good things happening, you know, not always national titles. <laughs> Sometimes you get disqualified and don't even get to run the final. So <laughs> Um, but yeah, thanks for saying that. Yeah, no, it was one of my favorites. And I mean, I think he, he did a good job asking you questions that brought out some really, I mean, just things I hadn't heard you talk about before. And it was, it was really good. Um, and you, yeah, you guys, when you share about your injuries and coming back and, and like seeing the victories after that, it just kind of gives hope to people because man, being injured is lonely. Let alone, I was just talking to my husband about this yesterday on our run. Like, um, if, you know, when we're injured, it's one thing because we, (laughs) this is not our job. Like this is your job. Like this is your career. So like when you're injured, it's got to just be so much mental work to stay positive. Yeah. It can be very stressful. You know, my teammate, Emily, I I think she was on the first um, podcast we were on together. Um, She's been through a long injury struggle now. It's been about a year of dealing with this injury with her hip and trying to get healthy and running through it and then making it worse and, you know, trying to just figure out what the heck to do. And she ended up getting surgery um, and has a pretty long recovery, you know, from her surgery. And, you know, watching her go through that has been really inspiring because Emily is just talk about a positive beam of, of light and positivity who is totally willing to share the ups and the downs and the good and the bad on her Instagram as well. Um, and that's been a long journey for her and I can totally relate to just that, you know, that feeling of, I just want to run and why is my body working against me? And does this mean I'm going to get a decrease in my salary and, you know, am I going to get dropped by my sponsors? And there's just a lot of stress that goes into, um, that injury cycle, especially when it lasts so long. Um, and it's definitely hard, but I tell people that all the time that, you know, I've been there and you're not alone, even though, like you said, it can feel so lonely at any time that you're injured. There are countless other athletes out there who are injured as well. So even though it feels like you're alone, you are in good company for sure. And there's so many people who are fighting to get healthy as well. So you're not alone. You're not alone. It seems like you've been doing some modeling stuff. Are you enjoying that? Yeah, you know, I have done a few things for Nike since I signed with them in 2015. Um, but for the most part, you know, I did modeling in high school, like pretty seriously. Um, and then for the most part now, I just do a occasional shoot here or there with Nike or um, just an occasional thing. Um, but my, you know, all my time and energy now is just spent on training. I do have an agent in New York um, who puts me up for certain things, but I think he's already getting frustrated because I'm like, mm, can't do it. Mm, can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> at altitude camp. Sorry. Have a race. Sorry. Just training. My coach won't let me leave. Sorry. <laughs> but do you, I mean, can you do, you probably can't commit to much outside of Nike. Like what do you have rules about yeah. what you can commit to? Yeah, it's very limiting. Nothing in athletics for sure. Nike makes everything, but um, you know, as far as beauty products or hair mm. products, um, food, Nike doesn't make any food. Um, so that opens me up to any kinds of, um, you know, opportunities there. So it's kind of interesting, but Nike is a great sponsor and you don't mean to complain at all. Sure. They're an awesome sponsor. And, um, I am happy that they pay me enough that I don't have to like try and go find a job at Starbucks to like pay the bills. And, you know, I don't have to worry about that. Anything else is like extra or bonus. Um, which a lot of elite athletes, you know, are my brother for one was doing it for a while where he was trying to work a normal job and be a professional athlete. And that is, oh my God, that sounds exhausting. Mm. Kind of sounds like being a runner and having a full-time job and like being a mom. (laughs) I don't know what that's like. Someone would do that. (laughs) Are you still doing granola stuff? 
<laughs> um, I kind of put granola on hold just because it was going to be pretty time consuming. Um, and I don't, I don't want to take anything away from my training and my focus on trainings until 2020. So I think I'm going to wait until at least until 2020 revisit it after that, you know, maybe if I'm a medalist by then, um, it would be easier to sell my granola anyway. Yes. Um, and so we'll see. I think Shalane had kind of mentioned that to me too, saying, you know, wait to launch it until there's like a big moment in your career. It will really help. Oh, look at her savvy business mindset. Totally. I'm like, have you done this before? <laughs> well, <laughs> got a couple successful cookbooks to back that up. So, um, yeah, I'm going to kind of have it on hold, but everything's like ready. Like I have my recipe, I have the kitchen, um, I have the packaging and the, um, logo and everything set to go, just kind of waiting. The main problem right now is like, I would have to be making and packaging the granola. And like I said before, I'm out of town more than half the year. So that's just, is not a feasible option. So we'll just have to see. I was, I was talking about you guys, my husband and I went on this run yesterday. So we talk about all the things, you know, it's the only time we're away from our kids and we get to like actually talk. And I am, I told him that you had emailed that we could maybe chat this weekend and um, then he was talking about, uh, the, like how, when you're an elite athlete, you have downtime because you have to, you know, like rest your body and hang out. And I was like, yeah, but not Colleen Quigley. She, she does like 9,000 entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, uh, things like some people do that, but she's got her hands in like everything. It's kind of funny you say that actually, because I was, um, talking to my parents, my parents came to, um, New York for the race, which was so awesome to have them there for, you know, such a big moment and have them there at the finish line to celebrate with. And then the next day to celebrate with as well. And we just, we were having lunch that weekend and we we're just talking about, about that, about like how I find myself, I did this in college too. Like I find myself just with my hands in all these different things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I love that. I love staying busy and I am interested in lots of different things, but, um, you know, quite a few people recently have told me that I need to like chill out with all the other stuff (laughs) and focus on running more. And so I was just discussing that with my parents and like saying, I like really hate that people say that, but I want to keep my mind open that they might be right. And Mm -hmm. that I might need to, and not be so stubborn and so we just chatted about like yeah you know I do love doing other things and that's great and valid and meaningful but you know finding that balance of you know to do something amazing and really special you do have to be all in and go kind of crazy and just focus on the one like single-minded complete you know focus on your goal And so maybe I'm doing too much. So I'm just trying to find the balance that makes me happy because running and then sitting on the couch and watching Netflix the rest of the day is not a lifestyle that would make me happy. And I don't think I would be successful doing that either because I would just be so miserable. Mm -hmm. Doing a million different things and starting a granola company and modeling and, (laughs) you know, (laughs) this goes on, maybe wouldn't be the right kind of way to to be an olympic you know athlete either so i'm just trying to find the balance as we all are and um find what works for me and what what feels right for me well it seems like you have a really healthy outlook on it because i i I could see how the whole netflix thing or what you know whatever (laughs) like i i couldn't do it either if i was a elite athlete like that like i would have (laughs) to have my hands in something else right like, I don't know what it would be, but I think it, yeah. that's really good and healthy that you, you know, you still have the passion for the granola, but like, hang on, you're going to hang out in the back seat for a little bit, granola. <laughs> totally. Yeah, exactly. And my parents were helping me with that too, because they, I mean, they know me the best. So they were, you know, supportive and encouraged. They were like, we love all the things that you do. And I'm like, thanks guys. Oh, I love your parents. I don't know them, but I love them. <laughs> They're awesome. They're really awesome. But um, yeah, yeah talking it out with them was great. Cause you know, like I said, they know me best and they know I've been like this my whole life. So. Oh man. Well, Colleen, thanks for doing this. And I'm so excited for you. Did you feel the love? Like everybody was so excited for you. I, it was so great. I mean, that's the good thing about having 125,000 followers, yeah. right? Is you something great. And everyone's like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> but because you've cultivated this, like this, these relationships and like this community, 
it is more exciting for everybody yeah. to watch because we feel like we know you. It was that was really awesome. I mean, all the people that I can't even count how many people sent me like screenshots or videos of them watching the, uh. <laughs> of their TV of the race. It was so fun that night after the race. I could not sleep. Kevin and Pi were passed out, and I was on my phone until like three a.m. <laughs> Looking at all my Instagram messages, just trying to respond to as many people as possible. But um, there were some amazing like watch videos in there. Uh, and definitely, yeah, so definitely felt the love and felt people cheering me on and like, you know, knowing how, how hard I worked for it and, and feeling that success with me, which was really awesome. Ah, that's so cool. Okay, yeah. well, good luck with your move. And Thank you. <laughs> thanks for taking time out of your Sunday to do this. Yeah, you too. Get back to those kiddos. Okay, I will. All right. Thanks. Bye, Colleen. Bye. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Colleen, for coming on the show. Make sure you guys are following her over on Instagram, steeple underscore squigs. And make sure you're following me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter at Lindsay Hine and you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine where we also have a group as well. Guys, go check out Jaybird Sport, their Run XT wireless headphones that are amazing. You can get a 20% discount when you go to jaybirdsport.com and use the code ANOTHER. That is good through March 31st, 2019. And don't forget to sign up for the New York Roadrunners virtual race that's coming up with the United Airlines half marathon. Head over to nyrr.org slash virtual racing to grab yourself a spot in the virtual race, which I will be doing as well. All right, guys, if you haven't already done so, I would appreciate it so much if you would consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes or whatever app you listen to this podcast. Hey, I know you hear me say this a lot, but if you haven't done it, seriously, go check it out. I would appreciate it so much if you could leave a rating interview. What happens when you do that is it lets other listeners know that this is a show that they might be interested in listening to, and it really helps in the algorithm on iTunes when I have more ratings and reviews. So thank you guys so much who have already done that. Most recently, I have a review from Naturalist Runs. I love listening to this podcast every week on my commute to and from work. It feels conversational rather than just question and answer. Thank you for making my drive a little more fun. I love that. That is totally what I'm going for. Thank you so much for leaving that rating and review. If you loved this episode, take a screenshot, share it with your followers on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you social media around because that is also super helpful in new listeners finding the show guys i'm so thankful for you thank you so much for being here i appreciate each and every one of you have a great friday have a wonderful rest of your weekend and as always i'll see you next friday